Hello and welcome to episode 142 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host Joel Fallon. And this week we're going to take a look at two new movies, one that came out on Netflix Instant and uh, one that came out on Redbox, which is what we normally do. Yeah. But a special occasion calls for a special occasion. A special occasion. Yeah. Beast of No Nation. The uh, first ever Netflix original movie, uh, directed by Kerry Fukunaga, who directed True Detective Season 1, Jane Eyre, Sin Nombre. He's a skilled guy, and he yeah. he's brought this movie to Netflix, and we have watched it, and we'll review it. <laughs> and the, uh, the other movie is Z for Zachariah, a little indie post-apocalyptic uh, movie starring Chiwetelagia for... That was impressive, right? Yeah, I was. I put question marks where his name would be. <laughs> when Twelve Years a Slave came out, I mastered that pronunciation. <laughs> uh, Margot Robbie and Chris Pine. So that's what we're looking at, and we're going to kick things off with Beasts of No Nation. This is, uh, I believe, this was on my top five most anticipated movies of the fall when we did that a few yeah. months ago. Um, like I said, Netflix first original movie. I just love the idea of that. Like. Don't have to wait for a DVD or go to theaters. It's just boom. As soon as, day and date. As soon as it hits, it's available. Yeah, I think we've even talked about that before. Like, yeah. uh, I'd rather pay like 20 bucks to watch a new movie digitally than go to the theater sometimes. And even better to just pay as part of my $8 a month subscription. Yeah, best deal ever. <laughs> the, I'm just, we'll get into more like the distribution of it all, but. Yeah. As a movie, it is about a unnamed African nation, and basically there's like a war going on. Would you say between the government and the rebels? It's yeah, not like it, it's not even clear who's yeah, who. It's not that important. Yeah. It's mainly about this kid who's with his family in like a, this zone that's you know uh, conflict free or a safe zone or whatever, right? But then eventually. Something happens where it's not as safe anymore. He gets split up from his family and taken in by this rebel leader, the commandant, uh, played by Idris Elba. Yeah. It's basically just a story of how this kid, um, Agu, Agu, is that it? Yeah, Agu. And uh, basically his story of just his loss of innocence and being forced into this situation and how he handles it and yeah. crazy stuff. It's uh, quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very dark movie, uh, theme yeah. like thematically. Thematically, dark. and then all around them, it's like kind of beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's that is true. But uh, expectation-wise, I had obviously very high expectations. It was one of my most anticipated movies, and I just love this guy's work, Kerry Fukunaga. Wow, yeah. I mean, first season of True Detective is amazing. I actually saw Jane Eyre before that. Had no idea. Like, I rented Jane Eyre from Netflix, uh, the disc plan, when mm-hmm. that was, like, the main way to do it. And it was just a movie I picked because it was new, something I thought I could watch with my wife because it's more of a romantic thing. Yeah. No idea, like, 
anything. Love the movie. It's Michael Fassbender and Mia Wasikowska. I haven't seen it. And it's so beautiful to look at and well directed. And I love movies like that. He made. It's like uh, when I was talking about how Cinderella, the new one, how it's like as good as you could expect, like that movie to be. Yeah. He went above and beyond. Like you, you hear Jane Eyre, he made that movie like I think anybody could like it, not just you know if that's your thing. Like he yeah. went above and beyond the material to make it a work of art. So. Ever since I found out that the same guy did that entry, Detective, uh, this past week I did catch up on his first directorial debut, which I'll talk about later. But he's just one of—I wouldn't say one of my favorite directors, but he's just a director that when he comes out with the movie, I want to see it because yeah. he's—he's he's skilled. <laughs> He's—he's good at what he does. So that was my expectations coming in. Um, I had great expect. Well. I still wasn't sold on what the quality would be of a Netflix original movie. That was kind of a thing, yeah. <clears throat> so, I was sort of apprehensive, or not apprehensive, but slightly skeptical. But I'd heard nothing but yeah. amazing things It debuted at Telluride uh, Film Festival to rave reviews. And there's, like, Oscar talk about being nominated for picture actor, supporting actor... I could see that. And after watching the movie, I think it's completely warranted. Yeah, absolutely. I loved this movie. I totally agree. Which is a weird thing to say, just based on uh, uh, like, yeah. the actual story. <laughs> and it took me like a day or two to process, because, yeah. I don't know, like, while I'm watching it, I'm 100% into it. I just didn't know how much I was going to like it until like I let it sink in a little bit. But yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. Like like you were talking about, one of my favorite things is the contrast of the ugliness of the of that, what is actually going on and how beautiful it's shot, how yeah. the scenery, like everything about it is beautiful, but it's just disgusting at the Lush same time. Jungle and yeah. the red dirt. Right. It's so artistically done. Like this guy is a master. Apparently, there's a lot of trouble with like shooting. Like they had to oh, cut things that they didn't want to, the way they didn't want to do it, just based on what they had. And I have the uh, Blood Diamond DVD, and the special th- features is about how they had to build roads to make the movie to get to their set, and that was like the agreement they had to build infrastructure. Yeah, <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and just and speaking of. Best actor, best supporting actor. This kid, I think it's his first time ever being in a movie. He's got a career ahead of him if he wants it, because holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. He was, maybe it's because he was like a non-actor that it was so believable. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, that's true. But. He was incredible. Amazing. One of the best. We'll talk about it in our top five child performances. Yeah. But one of the best child performances in a long time anyway. Yeah. Um. And Idris Elba was just fantastic. Yeah. In a very different role for him. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he can for play, sure. like... Be, I mean, he could be the next James Bond. And here he is playing, like, a rebel leader who's just, like, a despicable person. But at the same time, has the charisma that you're... He is ha- an interesting person, though. Yeah. You know? And it's, everything about the movie is interesting. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Everyone around him, and like I thought it was cool how like in some scenes the soldiers sitting around talking to each other, but these are like ten year old kids, right? So they're talking about ten year old kids stuff, and it's kind of like 
and it's Whoa. just yeah it, and how fast they get caught up into this life like, yeah it's just like they forget they're probably only in there like a week and it's like can never think of the world before. yeah and Idris Elba he's like obviously he has this charisma about him like you're half rooting for him half hate him you know yeah and it's like when he's leading this group he's the man yeah. but then when he goes to like the other powers that be he's just like a nothing you know yeah and then the disparity between that is crazy yeah and it's like once the people that were with him see that they're not as they're a little more reluctant to just do whatever yeah um but yeah uh there's so much <laughs> to even talk about with this movie like yeah, I like was... how I've heard people that are lukewarm about this movie or like have mixed feelings but for me I don't really have any mixed feelings I I thought it was really good yeah I could see the group of people that would be kind of offended that these are children doing these things but other than that I can't see why I don't like the movie one complaint I've heard is that they hammered at him like two to make his life too happy and easy in the beginning and then and then too dark to like later on in the movie but for me it worked like I thought the it... transition I felt like he was just a normal kid living a pretty normal life and then boom something happens where uh, his mom and a couple of kids drive away and he's with his dad and uncle right yeah or older brother the car That's and they get caught uh, and some crazy lady in town is like they're rebels they're rebels yeah and the military people shoot his dad and brother and he's he runs away and then gets found by Idris Elba yeah he gets like lost in the woods and yeah found. and it's just like the, him from his perspective the most tension maybe was that first kill scene when he has <laughs> oh my he's forced to machete someone yeah. to death like that is super intense hard to watch kudos to the guy who played the guy getting his <laughs> right head chopped in because he <laughs> sold me yeah seriously <clears throat> wouldn't be surprised to find out they actually killed somebody <laughs> yeah but that was like you're so hard to watch you're like part of you's like just do it or they'll kill you the other part is like no do not do this <laughs> like it and that is pretty much the movie. Yeah, down it's the like line. your own conscience kind Constantly. of gets projected yeah. into the movie. And then when he does it, I mean, I, I don't think it's much of a spoiler because that's like initiation. And yeah, it's pretty clear. It's, it's shocking, realistic, and and you can just feel with that one swing of a machete the innocence that he just lost. Yeah, that's what the movie does really well. It. Um, somehow portrays like adrenaline or major moments like when time slows down a little bit or whatnot really well whether it does it literally or not right it's like with the cop car when that scene where they're like pointing guns at each other yeah that built tension we thought effectively well this would be 10 times better yeah. for me i mean and <sighs> The action scenes, like when they're raiding a town, it's pretty intense. It's intense. It's crazy it's, intense. Yeah. It's, it's some of the best, like, war, quote unquote, like, scenes yeah. I've ever seen. And to go from such, like, a smaller, just uh, 
character development scale into boom, it's action time, and still be super effective at what it's trying to do. That's impressive. Yeah, it's it's wild how quick these kids like just snapping in and out of it. It's like they're all sitting around smoking a joint, and then all of a sudden they're attacking a convoy. It's, yeah, um, and it's like I like how the the camera kind of goes makes it seem like a nightmare. It's like more jumbled and. The cuts are just quicker. It doesn't seem like as coherent, which yeah, it's, perfectly it the fits. Fear and tension that's involved, and in how the you can just get caught up in it, like uh, Idris Elba's character is just walking down the street, like swinging some kind of voodoo <laughs> thing, people shooting at him, and he he's just like he's possessed, man. man. <laughs> but how it's how crazy. There's a certain scene, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, that was just like shockingly dark, darker than anything. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, did not, I didn't see that coming, but then I was like, wait, no, 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 that is not happening. I sort of thought, like in the beginning of the movie, they showed these, this happening, but they don't really show any detail or context to it. Yeah. I kind of in the back of my mind thought that's what it was. Then, I was like... But I was still shocked yeah. when what they did. And then there's almost like a jealousy slash competition with his buddy because you could tell that he was the favorite before the new kid came. Yeah, in. like they're that. like best friends, but they're also rivals. Yeah, and then I'm just putting it together now. I guess that's why the other kid didn't talk much. <laughs> Makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah, that I think about it. Um, um what else? It just. There's like with the nightmares of it, it's just chaos, but this whole group is just like a family. He convinces them that they're just one big family. Yeah. So that's why they'll do anything, and the, he's the father, I guess. And then he tells them like story, like crazy stories. About, I guess it's either the city or America or something, where you get whatever you want. Yeah. And then there's that whole scene with the prostitutes. Yeah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's, I think, like, on a scene-by-scene -scene basis, like, every scene is just super effective at what it's trying to do. There's no wasted time in the movie. And not, and it's not at, a, like, a fever pace. No. In a way. I don't know. It does go kind of quick, but, like... Not, I don't know. There's a lot of context to everything. Mm -hmm. But it's just crazy how he goes from where he was to where he went at the end of the movie. What a journey. Yeah. Like uh, what about the scene with the drug where it's pink? Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I thought that was really cool and beautifully shot and intense. Absolutely. And the score helps with the ambience of it. Yeah. Like, just setting that tone. And then the scene when the kids are in this, in this house and... And they think this woman, he th Agu thinks this woman is his mom for some reason. Yeah. Because I think he was taking that drug or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. And the way that, well, the place that that scene goes is crazy. It's nuts. Yeah. It's so tense and stuff, too, because everyone's sort of just looking at him like, is he for real? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, changes his mind. Yep. <laughs> and it's like... Brutal. The concept of good and bad is challenged because you don't know who's on in the right, this militia group or the rebel group. Yeah. I mean, you have an idea, but I mean... But it's even, not like they're doing good things. Obviously, these kids are, you know, good at heart, or they were at some point, 
you know? Yeah, they're just following orders. They're not really yeah. truly involved in politics, I guess they just... I think, like, the futility of war is a big theme, because yeah. what is the point? It's just killing each other back and forth. And that's why I think not being specific with, like, the yeah, roles and the reasons that. that they're fighting each other, because it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, and you don't really want to point out one particular country for it. Yeah, because I don't think that's the point, you know. Yeah, it's not... It's not calling out anybody, like, an expose or anything. It's just... This could happen more, anywhere. Yeah, it's more to say this can actually happen. Yeah. Yep. And there's a couple little parts in the movie, like, I'm pretty sure... I forgot to go back and check for sure. In the, uh, I guess it's supposed to be the UN in the beginning, before they get captured. Like right. The guy they sell the TV to. Like, there's parts where they're walking past those troops and whatnot, and I'm pretty sure he sees a goo... And it's just like a quick little scene where he's like, wait, does a double take and he looks over. Yeah. You can kind of see he realizes that's a kid from that village yeah. he used to be at. Yeah. But I find those parts really crazy when they're like walking up to a village and there's like UN SUV things are like rolling out and they see the child soldiers walking over and then they just light the whole town up. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, yes, and it, it, speaking of like how this could actually happen, it's like this is how terrorists and slash militia groups like recruit these innocent people, like yeah, like uh, ISIS is pretty much what their recruitment tactics do, right? You find someone that's lost or broken in some way, you provide them comfort, yeah, and you make you it like the world is against them and. It's just, it's crazy. It's yeah. universal in a way. And it's like the longer that that area is in trouble like that, the more susceptible people seem to be. Yeah. They just keep doing it. Yeah, I thought the movie was genuinely affecting. Like, I felt a whole range of emotions at certain points. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll review Inside Out in a few episodes, but I felt <laughs> happy, sad, <laughs> disgusted angry yeah I almost felt bad how much I enjoyed it you know yeah because that's like because he's making it look so good yeah it's just a technical marvel acting is is fantastic the script is pretty tight or if it's not then he got some pretty great improvisation or whatever yeah however you know whatever ended up on screen cinematography obviously is amazing the editing is super effective. Yeah. It's at certain points it's longer takes, it's and at other points it's fast cuts and the editing really, really essential. And the score. Just every tech on a technical level was almost perfect. It was super for what well it organized is. and yeah. yeah. You could tell this guy puts in the prep work. <laughs> I couldn't believe how the quality was of everything. Yeah. It was, and if this is the kind of shit that Netflix is going to pump out, like, I'm sure that their goal is to, like, have one of these movies once a month, maybe? I don't know. But that yeah. would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. They and I'm sure fun. they're not going to all be this good. Yeah. But I just hope that they they can get a range of different types of movies, but just focus on quality instead of trying to make money. Like, Yeah. You know what I mean? I could see them having, like, a feature movie 
every six months or three months right. or so or something like that. Eventually. Like, like, I'd like it if every two weeks they go from, like, here's Adam Sandler in one of his movies, that, <laughs> you know, and then another two weeks is, okay, here's a good movie, <laughs> yeah. you know? But as far as this Netflix model, I love it. I loved being able to watch this at home on my on my TV. Yeah. Like, it would have been awesome to see it in theaters. But yeah, I, it would. I don't have time for that, you know yeah. what I mean? And I don't want to wait three months for it to come out on Redbox, you know? Yeah. To be able to see it at the same time as everyone else. Um, That's just people... And it didn't lose anything being on... My Not TV at all. Screen, it still was gorgeous and affecting. And yeah, I mean, look how nice people's TVs are just <laughs> generally now. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't watch it on my phone, this movie. No. <laughs> Some things might be lost in that. <laughs> but like a decent resolution TV, yeah. which pretty much all of them are now. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that Brad Pitt war movie coming out next year. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's called War Machine or something. Yeah, Netflix original. Oh, yeah, I think we did talk about that. The director's like David McCod or something. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just love this movie. Yeah, (laughs) it's amazing. I could not believe it. And somehow it ends with a bit of optimism after all said and done. Yeah. Not a lot, but like just enough to where it's like not a lost cause. Yeah. that's one more thing I want to say about it is he kind of realizes what he's doing is like he kind of maintains his own personality right, underneath yeah. everything throughout the movie. Now he has like issues with it once it does settle down, but I thought they did a really good job of like kind of showing that. Yeah. He just felt like he was in a bad situation and he had to do what he had to do. Yep. And that scene at the end with the red clay, like walking through the swamp and yeah. the white. That was shot was just amazing. Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. And even though that's one of my favorite scenes as well, I thought the first half was a little bit stronger than the second. I just liked him. No, I agree with you. Him getting initial, like, into it is, like, the more intriguing part. But it's great all the way through for me. Nine out of ten. Nine and a half out of ten. Nice. I could, <laughs> I could see myself getting there. Like, I don't know if I'd ever rewatch it. Just because it's it's tough to watch. I didn't rewatch it all the way through, but I kept playing it, and I've probably seen it about two and a half times. Right, like, but just not consecutively or anything like that. But it's so easy to watch since it's just on Netflix. I might pop it on, you know, just because, it, it, like I said, it's we've said it a bunch. It's beautiful to watch. So it's yeah. Like, that's how that's, I watched it the first time. I was just like, oh, I want to see the beginning. <laughs> that's what makes it. <laughs> easy to watch but then the actual content is what makes it hard to watch yeah it's not the it's definitely rewatchable but I don't know one of the best movies of 2015 that that I've seen I mean obviously I haven't seen a lot of stuff but I think it'd be a shame if they didn't at least get nominated for something I would love to see this movie nominated for best picture and I would like to see both of these guys nominated for actor and supporting actor yeah Idris Elba Deserving of a potential win. I mean, obviously, it depends. I haven't seen other stuff. Yeah, d- yeah, pending. <laughs> I'm not saying he should win, but he could. I'm not even saying that he should be nominated after I see everything. But he, it is a performance that is deserving if it does get there. Yeah, you know, absolutely. All right, so we've we've raved about this kid's performance. Let's talk about top five child performances in movies. Um, yeah, 
It's not always good when you have a kid. No, you usually kind of... It's almost a little bit acceptable in movies. Yeah, it's just like a plot device more than a character in yeah. a lot of cases, but we're here to talk about the best of the bunch. And uh, what's your number five? My number five is going to E.T. What's his name? Henry Thomas, I think. I don't know. I think that's... I may have uh, miscopied kid? it, but I'm pretty sure that's what his name was. Is. Red Hoodie? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe more of a nostalgia pick for me, but... From what I remember, not bad for him being so young. Great movie. Yeah, classic. I can't remember... It. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. My number five is Boyhood, uh, Eller Coltrane. The man in question. The boy in question. <laughs> uh, this is literally him from the age of 6 to 18. And he goes through some rough patches, but just overall, like... It is amazing. It's crazy. Like, obviously, maybe it's easier to make it more of a personal connection with his character because it's him growing up. But yeah. it seems hard at the same time because they're only shooting like two weeks out of each year. And to have to try to remember your character... And I'm sure it was, like, modeled after his own personality, but... Yeah. Just, it's more of the movie and the director making his performance what it is. Because he's... He, I don't think he's, like, a great kid actor, but just for this movie. The dedication to... Yeah. It, it just works so well of him growing up. And that's... It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I've seen a couple scenes of it here and there, but I haven't watched it all. Yeah, it's a movie you gotta watch straight through, beginning to end. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched. <laughs> yeah. Yet. But, yeah, he does He does a great job. He's my number five. Nice. Uh, number four, maybe kind of another nostalgia one, but we'll call it Kogan. Home Alone? Home Alone. Nice. Either one of them. But, I don't know, maybe not the best, best performance, but Pretty solid good. franchise. For sure. I mean... I just rewatched it last year. Holds up pretty well. Does it? Yeah. To yeah me, I haven't did. watched them in a while. My favorite scene is when he plays the movie to make it seem like it's him. <laughs> well, I can't remember. It's like... Uh, you dirty animal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you dirty animal. I can't, I can't remember what exactly it was, but that part... Yeah, it's, it's a famous movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, they shot... That was just for Hermione. Really? It's not a real movie. Really? Yeah. It's called like Angels I and Demons I thought it was like uh, one of those like noir movies. Yeah, that's like how that. good of a job they did. That wow. It, it just feels like it could be, you know. I forget how you said, I don't know, whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that out somewhat recently too. Um, that's cool. Yeah. My number four is Mud <coughs> with uh, Ty Sheridan being the kid performance in question. Okay. This is a coming-of-age movie by Jeff Nichols, starring Matthew McConaughey as the title character. Ty Sheridan and his friend are the ones that fall fall in with Mud and, and get involved with his adventures as a hiding criminal. Um, but Ty Sheridan, he's I think he's a great up-and-comer uh, actor. He was in... What the hell is the movie? Uh, the Tree of Life. He was one okay. of the younger kids in that, and he really came like burst onto the scene with Mud for me. I just thought he had such a natural, likable persona. Um, 
I don't know. He's just, I just thought he was yeah. good. It's hard to explain because I watched it finally, but I'm just uh, I'm having a hard time. He's the main guy. It. The other guy was his little sidekick friend. Who he was alright too, but yeah, for me, Ty Sheridan, like he went from kid actor to like young actor to watch. You know, yeah. like I'm interested to see what he does. I got you. going forward, and not just on a on a one time basis. What was the other movie he was in? Uh, the Tree of Life. Oh yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah. amazing to me. I haven't seen that. All right, uh, my number three. I'm pretty sure this is a kid act. Leonardo DiCaprio in Basketball Diaries. He's probably like 18, 17. Yeah, I figure he's under 20. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is but I was a little worried that sometimes he'd play younger. You know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that is an underrated performance of his. I think so, too. And it's, no one ever mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but he's really, really good at it. He's amazing. Talk about a dark movie. Like... Yeah, <laughs> extremely. He goes through some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, performance-wise, I thought one of his best. I think. Yeah, but. DiCaprio. I mean, he's been good from the jump. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, that's the one that everyone attributes. To yeah, him, but like. yeah, Basketball Diaries is great. Let's face it. I mean, pretty much anything he's been in, he's it's pretty. Yeah, good. he's pretty solid. Yeah, no matter least. what, no matter how good the movie is. Yeah, he's very reliable. And I can't wait for The Revenant to come He's not Clooney yet. <laughs> What's Clooney? I don't know. I just feel like he should be a better actor than he is sometimes. Who, Clooney? Yeah. Yeah. He's just like a charismatic personality yeah. more than a great actor. I like him, though. Yeah, I do, too. My number three is Let the Right One In. Uh, this is the Swedish vampire movie that I've talked about. Uh, yeah. Probably a lot on the podcast, but... The uh, the main kid and also the vampire girl, both of them, I would qualify for this. Um, she's playing a vampire that is trapped in a child's, a young girl's body. But clearly she's like 80 or 100 or whatever, you know, yeah. age of this vampire. So it's pretty impressive that this girl has to play up. Like, she's this mature, oh, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. at the same time, this kid is playing like... This is his new friend. It's his age, and their whole interaction and relationship is really good. It's in the way it develops. Love the movie. Love the performances. Is it in Swedish or is it in English? Sweet Swedish. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I for some reason I like foreign movies. <laughs> I don't dislike foreign movies. I just have to be like really in the mood to be super attentive because I yeah. always do like other things while I watch stuff. I, yeah, it's... I If I have time to just sit down and watch a movie, I, I always feel like foreign language movies because as I've said before, I think we're only going to get the the best ones, you know, from all these different countries yeah, yeah. over here. So I would prefer a foreign movie if I have the time to actually give my 100%. Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like foreign movies... I don't, I don't I mind don't usually have the time to Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind reading subtitles whatsoever. Watched Narcos in a day and a half, so Yeah. But yeah, great movie. Me and uh Dave used to always show we used to watch Attack on Titan in Japanese. And Dave would yell into my room and say, like, turn it down, gonna spoil it for me or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'm like, Yeah. 
<laughs> You're gonna pick up on too much of the dialogue, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's your number two? <laughs> My number two is Haley Jones. Six cents. Six cents. Honorable mention for me. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't love horror movies. I remember kind of enjoying this one, and it's just pretty iconic. I guess. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen it but since kind of close to when it came out. I feel like it's a great horror movie, great twist. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil it, but everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. uh, great performance, I feel like. I mean, he's this is what put him on the map, and he's excelled ever since, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was just in Tusk last year. Uh, <laughs> But no, it is a really good performance. He's a precocious kid who's, you know, he's his interactions with Bruce Willis, they're great. Yeah. I and can't really, it's been so long since I've seen this freaking movie, but I'm going to really like it. I wonder how it holds up when you know the twist. I know I've seen it since I knew the twist, but I can't remember, like, because the first time you watch it, like, I had no idea. Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Because it was before the internet. Like, I was on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. listening to podcasts. Like, nowadays, there's no way I could see this movie before knowing, you know? Yeah, the only other movie... Because I don't mind being spoiled. That's my problem. But it is... I, in a perfect world, I'd prefer not to be, but... Yeah, no, I feel you. There's too much... I'm interested in the discussion. I've had you know a couple I mean? Game of Thrones ones where I just happened to... See, that's one thing. With the books, I can't be swearing. That's the one thing. But, like, for me... Well, I don't mean the books, but, like, yeah, I don't yeah. really watch the show. I, but I just you. happened to read, like, certain... Like, I saw a death date or yeah. something on someone's name or, you know. Because for me, like, the analysis of the stuff is just as enjoyable as watching the stuff. Like, yeah. I love listening to movie review podcasts and... And, like, Rob is a podcast, which will take a 40-minute episode of Survivor and talk about it for five or six hours <laughs> the rest of the week, analyzing it. Like, So, the spoiler to me is you still got to watch it happen. You're still going to be able to enjoy the process. Yeah. It I might not be a surprise, but... Uh, Shutter Island, I've watched, like, six times. It's a great movie. Yeah, I love it. I think it's movie. underrated. I do, too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, is your number two? Is it? All right. Another, <laughs> another foreign language movie from Brazil, City of God. Oh, okay. Kind of similar to uh, Beasts of No Nation in a way. It's just these two kids um, growing up in Rio de Janeiro, which is like one of the most violent cities in the world. Yeah. And just their experiences as they grow up in this and crazy, crazy dark shit happens. I really want to see this. I've recommended it. Oh, it's by awesome! A handful. Of it's in my top 100 of all time. Wow! Yeah, it's is it on Netflix? Instant? It might be. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you get the time. Uh, yeah, those kids are awesome. Yeah, it's definitely on my to watch. Might have to bump it up. <laughs> and I'm I'm giving it to him, the kid from uh, Beast and Nation. Nice. I think it's yeah impressed I mean, me. It impressed absolutely. me a lot. And it honestly deserves a spot on my top five, but I put it out as an honorable mention just because it's so fresh. I, I usually do it, yeah. but it's the first one in a long time that really caught my eye. Yeah, I mean, I have no issues with that whatsoever. My number one is Tatum O'Neill in Paper Moon. 
This is a movie that Tyler Smith of Battleship Pretension recommended to us for the film club last year. Um, I believe it's from 1976. Don't quote me on that, but uh, <laughs> it's a movie where in a real life mother, mother, father, daughter, uh, actor and actress star as like father and daughter in the movie or sort of like presumed father it's interesting uh, but he has to take her to her mom died and he has to take her to find her father or aunt or something like that across country and he's a con artist and in the meantime she catches on to this and helps him with his cons and it's just this interesting dynamic between the two of them and it's an awesome awesome movie great performance uh, I think she won Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars that year. Wow. And well-deserved, may I add. I mean, I've heard of the movie. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Or I didn't. Iconic poster of them sitting on a Yeah. Movie. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> <of>. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely a classic for a reason. So, huh. any honorable mentions? Uh, no. I didn't write any down, at least. That's all right. I got plenty for the both of us. <laughs> uh, like I said, Beast of No Nation, uh, The Sixth Sense, Moonrise Kingdom, the Wes Anderson movie. There's a lot of kids in that movie. Most of them are really good. I feel like he's good at getting kid performances. I don't know how often he's done it now that I'm thinking about it, but at least in that movie, like to get kids to acclimate to his type of dialogue and, yeah. and stuff, it kind of works. Like That's when he's at his best for me. Like, Fantastic yeah, Mr. Fox, so. it's animated creatures in his style. Yeah. I don't know. And Grand Budapest, the yeah. Bobby Boy kid. Yeah. I thought he was pretty good, maybe. It's, again, that dichotomy of, like, a more adult way of speaking with the, you know, kid. It, it's sort of in a more immature way at yeah. the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, Kick-Ass, Hit-Girl, obviously. Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty enjoyable. Pan's Labyrinth, the main character in that. Uh, the Selfish Giant, which is a British movie that Casey recommended me last year. A couple of great kids' performances there. And The Kid with a Bike, which is a... I want to say it's French or... Uh, some European well, movie. European I think it's... Fr- it's The Darden brothers directed it. Uh, it's about a kid with this bike. No, It's a good movie. I don't know. Nice. Great performance as well. That's what I got for that. Maybe it's in Catalonia. Might be. <laughs> Let's move on to the next main review. Uh, Z for Zachariah. Z for Zachariah. Um, this is, like I said Solid before. Solid Yeah, it's a three three people. That's it. Yeah. Three actors. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Margot Robbie and Chris Pine, as I said before. Uh, directed by... Somebody. <laughs> it's not on the cover of the... That's why I didn't write it there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you, Lionscape, for sending us this movie to review. It's also available on Netflix right now. Uh, like we said, a post-apocalyptic world um, following what, like nuclear... Some kind of nuclear incident. Where, yeah, like the atmosphere is just toxic to everybody, except for this one pocket in the, the mountains, I want to say. Yeah, it's like a valley or something like uh, that. Margot Robbie, her, her family's farm uh, is, at least as far as she knows, and they know, the only safe place at this pocket. And her parents had 
gone out to look for survivors and I guess never came back because that was stupid. Yeah. And then her brother did a similar thing and never came back. But then one day, uh, Craig Zerbel is the director. He's also directed Compliance, which is a uh, movie, a dark movie that I thought was pretty good a couple years ago. Hmm. Um but anyway, at one day she finds this guy, played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, who's like uh, pushing the, what is it, he's in a hazmat suit and he's pushing his little house up the street. Yeah. He was locked in a basement for whatever and finally got out. <laughs> he starts bathing <laughs> in the water, which has the toxins in it. He gets sick, she nurses him back to health. They kind of start... Getting a little relationship going. Yeah, liking each other. Yeah, like just realizing that they're going to be able to work together to try to figure stuff out. And then one day, another person shows up, Chris Pine. I don't quite remember exactly, like, how he survived and got to the point he did. He was like a miner or something. Yeah, I think that's what he said. He was in a coal mine or something. But it seems inconclusive. Yeah, they don't really... But then it's kind of like a love triangle slash just trying... I don't know. It's interesting. It's not all about that. Like, I wouldn't say this is a romantic love triangle movie. Yeah. It's about them trying to survive and not just survive, but thrive and, you know, actually live a life. Yeah, it's kind of about trust, too. Yeah, it's big time about trust. The big thing is they want to make a water... No. A water wheel for electricity, yeah, I guess. To get electricity back. Uh, yeah. As far as expectations, I think this premiered at Sundance and got pretty good reviews. Um, like I said, I like this director's past movie. Um, I was mildly anticipating it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I heard decent things about it. Yeah. So. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, overall I enjoyed it. it. It's not perfect by any means. No. But... It's almost like stage play in a sense like one location just three actors yeah not any big set pieces you know but I felt like it was more interesting than like entertaining like I yeah it made me think like more than a typical post-apocalyptic thriller (laughs) you know like what if this actually happened like, yeah. it gives you time to process what's happening as it's happening. Yeah. I like how they just didn't do the regular tropes, I guess. Yeah. From the post-apocalyptic thing. That's one thing I really liked about it, but... Yeah, I feel you. It's more interesting than it is entertaining. Yeah. It was sort of... I don't know. I don't want to say it was boring, but... No, I don't think so. Like, they actually give you time to get to know these characters... You know, there's actual character development here, not just, you know, generic characters and then the plot. Yeah. It absolutely, it kind of lets you get warmed up to the characters while they're kind of warmed up to each other. Yeah, and And I feel like... Then Chris Pine's sort of the wrench. Yeah. See, I liked it better before he shows up. A lot better, actually. Yeah, I did too. Because I feel like they give you... the director gives you enough time to try to understand the actions of these characters. Uh, of Chiwetel Ejiofor and Margot Robbie. Yeah. Like you understand where they're coming from with everything that they do. Almost. 
And then I think once Chris Pine gets there, it's kind of a little murkier. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I wish they did it more like he showed up and left and kept showing back up or something like that for a few days at a time. I feel like it would have worked a little bit better, but I don't know. I mean, he wasn't horrible, but no, I mean, he sort of just didn't fit at certain times. Yeah, it felt know? like a round peg going in a square hole a little bit. Yeah, it's just... It was sort of artificial tension in a way. And hey, that. I mean, I get it. If you're an up-and-coming director and and you can have Chris Pine in your movie, you're going to put Chris Pine in yeah. your movie. Like, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. He's, a, he's somewhat of a big name. He's yeah. freaking Captain Kirk, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, he, here's how I put it in my notes. Chris Pine feels like an intruder... To the viewers, as well as an intruder to these two people. True. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the intention. Yeah, that's true. I, well, especially to Ejiofor, because he's finally starting to really like this girl, and then Chris Pine comes along, and she seems to go for him instead. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know. At the end of the day, though, with this movie, I just thought the story was a little bit point, Or not pointless, but like... I don't know. It's like, did we ha- really have to go through all that to get here? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it feels like a realistic but, scenario. Yeah, yeah. At the, you know I was going to say, at the same time, I still enjoyed the movie. But I was just sort of like, I don't know. I guess maybe I got so involved in the beginning of the movie that I wanted more of a Yeah, yeah it is like, like oh, what was the point? Like... I got this interested for this. I mean, and that sounds worse than I mean it. Yeah. I mean, like, it just seemed like beginning to end. What really did it accomplish? Yeah. I don't know. It still sounds harsher than I mean it because I did like the movie. Yeah. Here's some ideas that I, I thought about when I was watching. Like, the idea of repopulating the earth. Like, yeah. is it possible? <laughs> like,. <laughs> How is this going to work? But they're going to have to try at some point if they're literally the only two or three people left, you know? Yeah. So that, I thought that was an interesting idea. Um, like, love when your options are limited. Like, if you're the only two people on Earth, what if, you do, what if you're just not <laughs> feeling it, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, or is it a matter of this is the only girl in the world? Let's, we're gonna, gonna make it to work. Deal with it. Yeah. yeah, is it possible for that to make it work? Um, how to act when laws and rules are basically extinct? Like, do you still just go about like humanity's basic laws? Like, do not, yeah. At some point, he kind of gets a little aggressive towards her. Like, I don't know, it's assault or sexual assault or uh, when he yeah. gets all drunk. Like, yeah. But at the same, like, it's. There's no repercussions whatsoever besides whatever they, you know, like, there's no one that's going to save her. Yeah, it's, it's kind of only like, up to his own uh, morals, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like he thought about it, and then he just sort of... It's crazy to think, like, because normally you'd just be like, call the cops on this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's out of line, but... It's just you. Yeah. You can hear your own... Whatever. Judge and jury. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, like, competition... In a life or death situation, I thought that was the interesting thing that comes up. Comes up, yeah. Like they literally have to work together to survive. Yet they're competitive, and 
there's this weird thing going on. Yeah, it's almost like they have to be competitive against each other because they're the only two. Yeah. It's like, there's one girl, two guys. Maybe they could take turns, but I don't think it's going to work that way. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it must be like a survival instinct almost, like he's trying to portray. Exactly. You got to be the alpha because there's literally no other choice. Yeah. Or you're basically just going to die alone. Take advantage of it. Yeah. You know? Um, I thought Margaret Robbie was really good. Yeah, but she, she was the best part. Is an amazing actress. She really is. I mean, I first saw her as Wolf of Wall Street and just thought, pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and she was good in that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I didn't know if that was just more Scorsese or her. Yeah, that's. I she, think it was the, her. Like, yeah, because she's played an abundance of different roles. Like in that, she's like the sex pot. You know, and she's seductress. So she's doing like. Yeah, and this she's like a meek, religious woman. Church girl, yeah. And, it, and I believe it, both of those situations. So, yeah. and that's another thing, like religion, post-apocalyptic. Is it is it important? Question mark. I don't know. Like yeah. this is a thing. He he seems more of a sign. He's a scientist. Yeah. She's a <laughs> devout religious woman. Like, but they're working together. Like. Is religion not important at all anymore? Or is it more important than ever? That's kind of like... Yeah. That's up in the air. <laughs> Literally, I guess. I guess that's why they kind of compromise with each other about some of those yeah. things. But... Faith versus uh, not faith. Yeah. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor I thought was great as well. He was probably his second best performance. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome actor. 12, oh, year, yeah. 12 Years a Slave, his performance in that is one of the best performances I've ever seen. Yeah, so, so. I haven't seen that. But everything I have, I can't tell you exactly everything that he's been in, but I've never seen him in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the movie's well made, well acted, looks good, sounds good. But it's just not um, extremely entertaining. I yeah. think it, it is to an extent, but it is, like I said, it's more interesting. I like that it made me think about different things and ideas. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't like I could never love this movie just because it didn't yeah. do anything on a. It didn't do enough of the thinking, you know. Like it doesn't mess with my mind enough to be yeah. great. But it also wasn't like entertaining enough. Either. I guess like the way I put it is, after I watched it, I sort of thought maybe I didn't get some of it or something. Mm-hmm. In that I should rewatch it. And I didn't feel like rewatching it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like her. Did you ever see her Spike Jones movie? No, I haven't seen that. Yet. That is a movie that mentally stimulated. Like that is an awesome movie. It was like my fourth favorite of that year. And I think that year it actually worked out perfectly because my top three were like Twelve Years a Slave, which was uh, emotionally like amazing. Yeah. Gravity was just like gut in your gut you could feel it amazing and then her was like a head trip amazing <coughs> yeah and this is the type of movie like her that is going for the the mental stimulation but not quite there yeah it doesn't there's mental but it's not stimulating <laughs> I thought the ending was okay like somewhat ambiguous um yeah I didn't have a huge issue with it though no I wasn't like a Screw that ending or anything no, like no, no. that. It was, it was fitting. Yeah. 
I would give this movie a heavy seven or a light seven and a half. Uh, I'll give it a heavy six and a half. Yeah. Almost a seven, but not. I'm borderline. I would borderline uh, recommend it. Yeah. I it's feel like the same way. if it sounds interesting, give it a shot. Yeah, you're not gonna regret regret watching no, it no. if that's the case. But if it's not your thing, then it's not gonna be your thing. Probably it's not gonna not. change your mind. Yeah. Uh. What else did you watch? Um, I just caught up to um, the current season of Walking Dead. Oh, yeah? I haven't watched like the season premiere or anything like that yet. But... Never seen an episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, I have a hard time keeping track of this show. Because they do the half Yeah, it seems like it's constantly uh, premiering and finaling <laughs> at <laughs> yeah. all times. And now what they kind of do is it's almost like a different season really? in the second half. So I was getting really confused about like where I was in the series and stuff. But I'm caught up to this season. I'm gonna. I think it's a show I just like to binge watch rather than wait every week for because I end up not caring. Right. When that's the case, but. So would I like it? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that. I think in the second season it kind of drops off a little bit. Second or third, and then they actually pick it back up. Really? What I've basically heard is that the first episode, like the pilot, is amazing, and then it never reaches that potential again. That's what I've heard from a couple people. I mean, if you just watch the first season by itself, you might think that. Yeah. Or maybe the first three seasons, but But, I'll give it credit, like it has been getting better. Right. I heard it looks great, like yeah, the effects it's and all. Very escapist in yeah. the whole. Maybe one day, uh, it's just I'm so far behind at the same time. You know? Yeah, and it's it's hard to explain. It's not. It's deep, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. so simple. But what's yeah. better, Game of Thrones or Game of Thrones? Okay, for sure. All right. <laughs> all right. I watched. Is that all you watched? Yeah. Okay, because I. <laughs> I'm going to roll through some shit here. Alright. Well, first I watched Sin Nombre, like I said, which was Carrie Fukunaga's directorial debut, I believe. Um, It's a Mexican film about this guy who's in a gang. Um, I forget what the gang is called in Mexico. I don't know if, if it was real or not. But he initiates this young kid into this gang. And then... Um... Basically, it's about a parallel story between this guy and this gang and this girl who's with her family who's trying to cross the border into America and go live with her aunt. And somehow their their little stories get intercrossed and they kind of team up to get her across the border as he's running away from the gang he is slash was in. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't... It's hard to explain because I don't want to go too much into detail to spoil it or or not. Because, again, it's Cary Fukunaga. Even in his very first movie, even though it's rough around the edges, it's there. You see the talent. Yeah. So it's well-directed, an interesting story. Um, Just the acting isn't quite up to par. I think it's solid for... Seems like inexperienced people. Yeah. It's rough around edges, but it's like a diamond in the rough. Like, it is a really, really good movie. Like, I think if he remade it today, 
it would be awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. It just seems like... He's getting, I like movies like that. He's getting his feet wet, and you can see, like, the talent, you know what I mean? It's... I like watching a great director's early work just to kind of get an idea of, yeah. like, was it immediately there, or was it kind of like a progression? And I feel like for him, it was pretty much there. That's how I feel about it. Right away. Kids. Me, kids. Yeah. It's just like, it's not perfect, but it's sort of just like... Yeah. Unforgettable at right. the same time. Oh, yeah, that movie's crazy. <laughs> I'll give it a light 8 out of 10. Sitting on great. Nice. Uh, I rewatched Avengers Age of Ultron again. <laughs> I, uh, the first time I watched it, I enjoyed the hell out of it. When we rewatched it for the R review, liked it a little bit less. And the third, I rewatched it because my uh, stepdad and mom came down for dinner and figured to grab a movie. Yeah, he he's he enjoys those movies. He hadn't seen it yet. I was like, yeah, well, I would watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I would in that situation too. And I enjoyed it more than my second viewing. Like it went back up to like my initial viewing. Oh really? Yeah, I actually enjoyed it a lot again. I don't know how that works. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I guess maybe it was just a movie I was in watching it with someone who I you know hadn't it seen is it yet. Different watching it, movies with people sometimes. Yeah, but I. I don't know. I just I I greatly enjoy it. I think it's probably fifth or sixth best best uh, Marvel movie. If I, just off the top of my head. Just off the top. <laughs> I would probably go Guardians, Original Avengers, Original Captain America, Iron Man, then maybe Avengers two. Yeah. From what I or Iron Man three between about. them two. About this scene, I haven't seen all of them. Yeah, and my daughter had a birthday party, or and a birthday (laughs) at the (laughs) same time. Uh, And so I I watched some kids' movies. So let the kids' movies commence. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I got her for her birthday Aladdin, which just came out on Blu-ray. Nice uh, from the Disney Vault. Opened up. Jealous, actually. Grabbed that. um, Rewatched it. I do think I still love it. First of all, it was one of my favorites growing up. Yeah. Um, I could see if I uh, if I hadn't watched it as a kid, I could see not loving it as much as I did, but still very good. I mean, it's all about Robin Williams' oh, yeah. performance. Like, Absolutely. I don't typically like his erratic, you know, manic uh, comedy, but it worked. For it's an anim- He's an animation. You know, yeah. like, that. It fits so well, just being able to animate everything he's going off on, and like seems like a lot of it was improv, actually. Like yeah, him rambling and they're animating around it, and it's really it's cool. I like it. The music is great. I think it might be the, other than the Lion King because that has to be the best music in a Disney movie. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Though. I'd like to watch it and see how. But Aladdin has some great music too. Obviously, I think. Um, as kind of corny or not, it's not corny, but like sap, uh, romantic, the yeah. Magic Carpet Ride song, A Whole New World. Yep. It might be the best song they've ever done. Like, <laughs> it's actually, it's really good. Yeah. It, it, the music is great. The whole movie is, I love the animation. Yeah. Of those movies and stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad we own it. I'm going to try to get her to watch it as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to watch that scene. Might like, I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, maybe. All right. 
you know, it came with DVD and Blu-ray. So that's sweet. Yeah, and digital. Whoa, doing movies and one. Oh yeah, <laughs> they'll get you. Uh, she also, this didn't come from me, but um, my wife's friend gave her Alexander and a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, <laughs> which wow. the worst title. <laughs> Longest title ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm trying to write this in my notes that I watched it and had to kind of get pretty small with my <laughs> writing there. Um, starring Steve Carell and who else? Uh, it basically, it's just this this kid in his family who's always picked on. He's always, you know, the afterthought of the family, blah, 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 blah. Everyone else has always have more important stuff going on. Yeah. So he makes a wish that... Why can't, you know, everyone else have a bad day or whatever? So he wakes up the next day and for his birthday wish, I guess that's what it was. And, you know, everything's going wrong yeah. for everybody and everything's going right for him. Um, and he has a change of conscience. And hijinks ensue. Yeah. Um, not quite as terrible as I expected it to be, but not good. I mean, it's... It's not good. <laughs> it's fine. She got ripped off. <laughs> no, I <laughs> I think it is good for kids. I mean, yeah. whatever, you know. It's like something you would see on Disney Channel, you know. Yeah, like, like a me teen, like TV a preteen type of. I give it a five and a half out of ten. I didn't hate watching it. I actually chuckled a few times and then immediately like felt bad like <laughs> judged myself for, for laughing at certain things like, you can't enjoy this like I'd laugh and be like that was not funny <laughs> why did I just laugh I I'm supposed you to you ought to be ashamed of yourself yeah <laughs> but uh let's see and also we watched Shrek for the first time which was on HBO recorded it for oh I've never been a big Shrek fan. I always thought it was extremely overrated. Me too. And I still feel that way. I give it a 6 out of 10 on this rewatch. Um, animation is pretty terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm sure at the time it was decent, but now it's not at all. Um, DreamWorks has never been known for having the best animation, but... No. I don't think it's that funny. It has fucking smash mouth all over the place. It's like the <laughs> worst band ever. That song is catchy, unfortunately, but I, I've never been a big fan of it. I remember in uh, school for some reason it was like one of the only movies they just like signed off on you watching. Yeah, and I saw it like eight times in school. I mean, it's clever in parts. It has a few moments, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm exaggerating. It's not the worst movie in the world, but there are so many better animated movies. Yeah, it's so overrated. Absolutely, but the thing was. My daughter has slept with the Shrek, like this little, like, uh, extremely soft Shrek pillow. It's like a mini little thing uh, with, like, the bead type things in it. context. She had never seen it. (laughs) She knew who Shrek was for, like, years. And I'm like, oh, that would be interesting. And she said, oh, my God, that Shrek. That's the donkey that's on my pillow. (laughs) Like, that was funny. But she lost interest kind of quick, actually. Oh, yeah, it's Chris Rock, isn't it? Nope, Eddie Murphy. You racist oh, yeah, son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris Rock is in Madagascar. He's the uh, zebra. Okay, yeah. Interesting that Hollywood gives uh, one black guy a donkey and the other one like a obnoxious zebra. <laughs> Interesting, Hollywood. Way to go. Yeah, shame on you. <laughs> also watched 
Hocus Pocus. Okay. A kids movie with the witches with like Bette Midler. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife was like, you have to record this. Best show or best movie <laughs> ever growing up. And I'm like, I think I've seen it. It turns out I don't think I had because it's not good at all. <laughs> uh, but my, my wife and daughter enjoy watching it together. Maybe it's more for little girls. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did not get it at all. <laughs> it's like four, four and a half for me. But uh, let's see. A couple of things. Legend with Tom Cruise. This is like a movie from the 80s. Ridley, one of Ridley Scott's. Oh, movies he directed. Uh, (laughs) Tom Cruise plays like this, this kind of this kid that doesn't wear pants. It's like this fantasy world, (laughs) uh, or goblins and the devil, and like I don't know. I didn't really like it that much. (laughs) It sounds weird. (laughs) It is a weird movie. Like the practical effects with like the makeup for this devil guy played by Tim Curry, who I believe was also. Uh, it the clown like the clown oh, really? in it yeah he does a good job but he's not in it that much uh, the effects are cool like there's unicorns which are clearly just horses with like paper <laughs> horns <laughs> but at the same time it it works in a way like there are so many positives and negatives that it kind of weigh each other out to just be like a middle of the road <laughs> six out of ten but I'd heard a lot about it so I was just I was happy to actually be able to watch it um uh, I don't don't seek it out, you know, <laughs> if it's on whatever. But uh, and lastly, for this episode, uh, the connection, which is the French version, like you know the French connection. So obviously in French, you it's just the, the connection. connection, right? I got you. Did you ever see the French Connection? Um, not all Gene the way Hackman, through. Like I've caught it on TV Jaws. before. But I've never watched it from like beginning. To yeah, I watched it last year. It's really good. It is. Yeah, I've, um, I've heard it holds up fairly well for how old it is. Oh yeah, it definitely does. It's yeah. got that like seventy style where it's. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's almost like cinema verite, where it feels more real than a production. Yeah, it's like raw in yeah. a way. Which no, I think be. helps make it, like, it helps with holding up, because it, it's not a distinct style, it's just flat out, like, right there, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like a camera around the city it, or, but, yeah. Whatever, yeah. But so, that is the people from France coming over to America, and it's, that movie is telling the American side of the story. This, it's not the same story, it's just the same, like, group, like the... Oh, okay. But in France, like this whole thing going on, the connection in France, and uh, John Desjardins plays the this French cop who's at, on the trail, and it's a solid movie. Um, no, it's good as French connection. No, not even close. Not the stronger connection. No, no, no. This is the weaker connection. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Um, it's solid. It's looks good it's it's decent it's the acting's fine it's just i don't know it just seems like it's going through the motions yeah. a bit it seems like it's not that inspired i feel like they were like holy shit we can make a movie that's just called the connection <laughs> and, you know like the pro premise seemed like it was the main thing and it was just like 
Yeah. Going through the motions after that. At least that's what it felt like to me. Not bad, but not that good either. Six and a half out of ten. Alright. Alright. A little bit of news. Um, Alien 5. Remember we talked about how... Um, what's his face? Uh, from District 9. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp was going to direct it. Yeah. Then it got pushed back because Prometheus 2 is coming out. And well, now, now it's put on indefinite hold. Yeah. So that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I guess Chappie and Elysium back-to-back didn't do him any favors. <laughs> Maybe if he... Well, I heard it's because uh, Alien 5 is taking so long to direct, to make. That yeah. got delayed. Prometheus 2? Oh, yeah. Prometheus 2 got delayed, or they're having trouble shooting it. Okay. So that's why it's pushed back. That's what they said. But. I mean, I'm still interested. If I hope it happens at some point. Yeah, me too. But maybe this will give him a chance to get back on his feet and make a, a solid... solid yeah, yeah. Just to kind of regain some momentum a little bit. I actually just saw today he said something that... Or not... Maybe he didn't say it today, but he said he had ideas for District... What would be... District, they're called District 10. District 10. <laughs> I'd watch it. Would yeah. watch. Um, I like this. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, there's a new Star Trek series coming to CBS. Oh, man. January 2017. Um, but the interesting is, <laughs> they are going to air the first episode on CBS proper, but then the rest of the show will only be on their online subscription service <laughs> that you had to pay $6 a month for. Wow. That seems in... Like a really bad move. You're not going to get any new viewers. I'm like, I'm torn if it's good or bad. Because on one hand, it's like, yeah, all these Trekkies that you know they'll buy it. They'll get your subscription service just for this no matter yeah, what. Yeah, you're not expanding But at here. the same time, like, it, it could be a big show. It's Star Trek, you know. Like, yeah. What if it's great? If you make it more accessible to everyone, then like more like the Abrams movies... Yeah. As opposed to like the, at least to me, it was hard to get. I never got into Star Trek because it's just me so either. dull. <laughs> yeah. But I like the Abrams movies because they're actually fun. Like if they could do that for a TV show, they could have a hit on their hands. They're severely limiting themselves by putting it on the internet only. Yeah. But maybe it'll make them money because those people are going to they're do just it. Gonna or they'll pirate the it. That already <laughs> like. Star Trek. Yeah. Any, they're not going to get any new viewers. Just the way that that's, like, planned out makes it seem like they're not going to worry about the quality at all. No, it doesn't seem like it. Or maybe the pilot will be... The like, pilot will probably be badass. Yeah, and then <laughs> it just seems... I don't know. That it's, A lot of shows do that now. They get a big director to do the pilot or something like that. Yeah. Even like, Boardwalk Empire, which ended up being a good show, but... Did Scorsese do the first one? Ash Evil awesome. Dead just came out. Has Sam Raimi do the first one? Uh, yeah. David Fincher did the first episode of House of Cards. Yeah, a lot of, a lot yeah. of good things are it's doing. It's like the... I don't know. It's like they're setting the baseline. Like the, the rules and then everyone else has to follow in their footsteps. But I... This, for me, personally, I would watch Star Trek... Or at least, you know, start it, see how far I got. If it was yeah. on CBS every week, because if they did a good job with it, I'd be interested. There's no way in hell I'm paying $6 a month. Hell no. To watch it. 
You know? And I probably won't even bother watching the first episode since that is the case. Yeah, I'll be definitely less inclined. Yeah. Because uh, I would hate to love it and I'd be like, oh, can't watch that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. That was interesting. Um, Bad Santa 2 is finally coming down. <laughs> yeah. I love the first one. Yeah, the Classic first awesome. Christmas comedy. Is um, it the same people? Or? Billy Bob's coming back. Alright. Um,. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll watch it, just like I said yeah. before. I remember saying I would never see the first one, and I actually saw it. I had no idea that it was, like, the movie it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's good. Uh, Sandra Bullock is going to lead an all-female Ocean's Eleven reboot. Great. I don't really like Sandra Bullock, despite liking Gravity so much. <laughs> um I'm not the biggest this fan. Is the thing, I don't think she's yeah. the worst either, but... Uh. Yeah. This is the new thing, right? All-female reboots of franchises? Yeah. To me, this seems... Like, I understand you need to get women more roles in Hollywood. But is... Is the only way to do it when it's all females? Why can't it be just a female-led? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, it's it's like, almost patronizing yeah. to make it all-female. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's how I feel about it. But I don't know. But on the same hand, at least, I mean, it's going to give women some work. But it doesn't feel natural. Like, Orange is the New Black, that feels natural because it's an all-woman's prison. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't Yeah. I don't know. And is that what you really want to do? Is go from, like, fighting for equality in your way and then... Doing stuff like, or not saying that's the reason they do all women, female. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you see how, but how it's just it plays out. I don't know. It's just men and women work at the same places and yeah. all that stuff. To me, it seems it seems a little unnatural. Seems patronizing to me. Yeah, just on first blush. Like I get Ghostbusters because that's just a team of four, and of course, you know, if it, I don't think there needs to be a guy in the group. Yeah, I just but don't for like, Ocean's Eleven, that's like a big ragtag group. I just don't understand why they do female versions of something. Why can't was they do there something no somewhat wh- original or more fit or whatever? Yeah, I I'm all for getting more women in movies because yeah. there's definitely not enough, or at least not important roles. They get you know stuck with just caricatures of a like, bitchy woman or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but was there no women in the Ocean's Eleven team? Julia Roberts. Was she part of the team? I can't remember. She was, I think maybe maybe more the, in the more important ones. thing was like but get some women in that. <laughs> she was basically she might not have been an official person in the team. Yeah, but like uh, I would say a movie that we're going to talk about in the next episode, Spy. Like that does a pretty good job of like making it equal. Yeah, you know I would say I don't know. I'm all for the equality. This just seemed patronizing to me, but we'll see. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel a little bit like that in Spy, but not too much. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll get into that later. That's right. <laughs> and last piece of news, Edgar Wright is going to direct Johnny Depp in Fortunately, The Milk, which is an adaptation of uh, Neil Gaiman uh, kid's book, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, I like Edgar Wright. Johnny Depp is interesting. Yeah. Lately, uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll he's a great him. actor, but yeah, 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 he has been great stuff lately. Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm like second guessing his whole career at this point. <laughs> but I haven't seen Black Mass, so who am I to say? But I'll see anything Edgar Wright directs, so sign me up. Alright. Prejudgment Day. Oh. Um, first up is the new AMC series coming up. Did it say when it's premiering? Uh, I don't remember. It's pretty soon. Is it? Yeah. Maybe like... I think it's this month, maybe. That'd be cool. But uh, yeah, adaptation of the comic book series Preacher. Um, or no, it might be uh, this... January yeah. or something. Yeah. But it's about Preacher, uh, who is a preacher who... Like has a past as a hitman, I think. I don't know. I heard great things about the comics, but I never read them, so I don't. Yeah, that's sort of the gist I get from it. Just so, from the, the trailer was cool, but I didn't really get it, like exactly who he What's is. What's the show going to be about? Like, right, you know, seems like a kid comes to him looking for help, and he just goes on a, a rampage. Yeah, and it just, seems like it's like a domino effect, probably. Like, yeah, once he starts, it's just one thing after another. It looks pretty cool to me. Yeah, it definitely. I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> AMC needs some good new shows since Mad Men and Breaking Bad are gone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have Halt and Catch Fire, but I didn't love it. Yeah, I haven't. I only saw like an episode or two of the second season. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Pick up my slack there. <laughs> um, next up, Animalisa. Oh, we gotta read it. Huh? We gotta read it. Oh, Preacher? Um, seven and a half. I go the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Animalisa, this is an um, animated movie that's getting rave reviews out of, like, Telluride and Toronto International Film Festival, directed by and written by Charlie Kaufman, who wrote Adaptation and... Um, What's the other Spike Jones movie with John Cusack? Being John Malkovich. Yeah. And he did Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind with Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. Uh, but this is a stop motion animation movie, but it's like a legitimate drama. Yeah. <laughs> but animated. And just based off the reviews, I was stoked to see it. Really? The trailer. It looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the quality is pretty great. Yeah, it looks really cool conceptually. Um, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot in the trailer other than like giving you a look at animation style and and basic elements of the plot. But yeah, it seemed uh, more like a texture kind of yeah. trailer. Rather than I'm definitely interested to see an animated movie that has like no comedy. Yeah. You know, that'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. And with the reviews, I'm sure it's good, so... I definitely want to see it. Yeah, I'll give it a 8 out of 10. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I'll go 8, too. Next up, Dirty... <laughs> yeah, so we're lockstep here. Dirty Grandpa. Dirty Grandpa. Not to be confused with the Johnny Knoxville movie. Uh, this is <laughs> Robert De Niro and Zac Efron as, like, a grandfather and grandson who... Go on a road trip after Robert De Niro's wife dies, and he's the dirty grandpa. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. He's a horny old man, perverted old man, with, like, the goody-two-shoes grandson who's engaged to some uptight woman. Yeah. 
Speaking of woman problems in (laughs) movies, I'm sure that role is really thankless. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Man, what is Robert De Niro doing with his career? I don't know. He's just taking whoever's going to cut a check, I guess. Yeah, and Aubrey Plaza is playing like this uh, seductress, which doesn't seem right to me. No, not really. But it doesn't look funny. Uh, Zach Efron, like we were saying when we were watching, <laughs> Zach Efron is actually like a charismatic, decent actor who could be good given the right material. And he actually has the one funny line <laughs> in a trailer. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was pretty good. No. That was good. But this movie looks terrible to me. It, uh, it's going to bomb. Yeah. I'll give it a. I'll give it a five. Yeah, just because it has decent actors, I guess, but it looks bad. Yeah, I'll go with you. Five out of ten. We're on the same page again. <laughs> the Ridiculous Six is next up. We talked about Beast No Nation, the Netflix original movie. Yeah. Let's talk about the first movie on Adam Sandler's uh, whatever four or six picture deal. The Rich Exclusive. Yeah, the ridiculous six looks pretty ridiculous. Yeah, he's got him and all his buddies again, uh, being a farcical western. Obviously, like playing off the magnificent six. Is that the original? Or yeah, I think so. There's something like uh, that. Or seven samurai type of deal. <sighs> Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, it doesn't look. I will say this the quality doesn't look bad in the movie like it seems like they're they're actually shooting outside like a blue screen or something yeah I think what we've learned is Netflix is just making movies throwing a lot of money at the situation that are the same quality as you would see in theaters yeah for good or bad with this it seems more bad yeah Um, it doesn't look that good here's the thing I'm going to watch it because it's going to be on Netflix for free. Not free, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's, I'll at least give it it's a gonna shot. It's going to be right there. I'm going to watch it because why not? I'm not going to lose anything. That's the beauty of it. it. Yeah. Like, I might hate it. I probably, most definitely will hate it, but I will watch it. Uh, this is a movie that had a lot of controversy because some of the Native Americans on set like were protesting because of some of the jokes and uh, the quote unquote jokes with like the names of the Indians like uh, I don't even remember but just offensive stuff yeah I don't know I will say it does look like his best movie in a while but that's that's not saying much (laughs) yeah what do you got to compare to the grown ups movies (laughs) Uh, was was the last his last good movie the uh, the drama or whatever. What was that Funny called? People? Funny People, yeah. I, actually, I really like that movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm going to give it a four or four and a half out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm giving it a five. All right. Got to break it. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't stay with me on that one. All right. Well, let's see. On the next episode, we'll be reviewing Spy and Southpaw, the two new Redbox releases. Also, Movies coming out on Redbox or Pixels. The uh, now speak of the devil, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler. and his boys, as uh, video gamers, as these alien species take over the world, try to take over the world as video game characters. Didn't look good to me. Uh, the new Poltergeist remake and the Entourage movie are all on Redbox as we speak. 
So that's at least some interesting things there. In movies, in movies, <laughs> in theaters, German Holograms came out, bombed like the worst opening ever. Yeah, I think it is the worst opening ever. And Rock the Casbah also came out, another one of the worst openings ever. <laughs> Great weekend at the box office. Um, the Last Witch Hunter, the Vin Diesel bullshit came out, uh, burnt the Bradley Cooper comedy, which is getting terrible reviews. Oh, uh, yeah. Suffragette, um, the Oscar-style movie about the women's rights movement, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, which I drafted. It's got 8% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't make that much money. I'm not doing as good as I thought I might. Yeah, you were like, I got this one. I was cocky as shit with that draft. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. It could be close. And Steve Jobs expanded and failed spectacularly. It was weird because in limited release it was actually doing pretty good and then they kind of expanded it nationwide and it did not. Like got seventh place or something. Hmm. I guess that was their demographic type people that would go to their smaller. Yeah. I mean, I still want to see it. I think it looks looks good. good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We'll catch you next time. You can follow us on Twitter. At the Red Box Report. <laughs> follow me. That. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at the Oriole Report. You can follow me on Twitter at the RBR Joel. Email us. <laughs> the internet. Email us the Red Box Report at yahoo.com. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find us on Stitcher or TuneIn Radio. Subscribe to our Reddit page at reddit.com slash r slash the Red Box Report. And I'm on Letterboxd at the Oriole Report. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.